Good morning and welcome to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Mark Carr, team member of the Becky Ivins Real Estate team, sitting here with Becky Ivins. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Becky. And good morning, everybody out there listening to us. We appreciate that you'd tune your radio to us and learn a little bit about real estate. That's great. Or you may be listening through the podcast version. Always remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast version on Spotify, the iHeartMedia app, or really anywhere that you can subscribe to podcasts. And we would love if you'd go on, hit a five-star rating or a thumbs up, subscribe. Uh, It would just make us feel giddy. Have you done business with us? Then go to Google (laughs) and give us a five-star review. Read some of our reviews while you're there. They're actually fun to read. Well, they're what they're I, I might be biased about it. Do you know? But it's fun. every time I read those reviews, I want to just call everybody that gave a review and say, "Come on over, let's just have a big group hug," because <laughs> they give honest reviews. They that do they're detailed. They do. They're very detailed. Our guest today is Dean Riddell from SWBC, our money man. In MLS number one nine six eight nine five. Dean Riddell, tell us what our rates are. You're in studio today. How are you guys? I did great. You're doing great, Dean. This is a uh, it's a great market. I mean, Becky and I were talking briefly. Uh, the phones are ringing. Rates are still around seven, uh, but the phones have picked up. We're closing loans, so it's you know, people are always as you talk about increasing their household or um, relocating to Oklahoma City. Right. Unfortunately, divorce. Because, yeah. you know, I've, I've had those phone calls hey, recently. some divorces are very fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I've not experienced that. Uh, my love and I have been married 53 years. That's awesome. Yeah, we just had our anniversary, and, and uh, a very good man he is. He sings us out on our radio show each week. So uh, he, He's talented. He's a very talented, talented guy. He is singing many, many places. Really? Uh, oh, my gosh. It's Usually it's my calendar we work around. <clears throat> this month we've been working around Jim Ivan's calendar. <laughs> if you want to join the conversation today, the number is 405-840-1000. That's 405-840-1000. Now, Dean, if, if the listener has been listening to our show, they, they know who you are. Uh, they hear your voice every week, and we talk a lot that 7% is historically where the interest rate has, has kind of been if you look by decades. Isn't right. that right? Right. If you look at the uh, the average over the last 40 years, the average rate is 7.75. Uh, but, Mark, I think everyone is, is struggling to digest coming off twos, threes, and fours to a seven. Yeah, and you got to remember, you know, when rates escalated last year, they doubled in ninety days. You know, and that's that's not normal at all. But uh, people are are having trouble processing that seven percent coming out of what we came out of. But they went up past eight. Oh yeah, eight percent mm-hmm. interest on a thirty-year mm-hmm. mortgage, mm-hmm. Uh, and now they're down to about seven percent. However, if you want five percent. We're going to tell you how to yeah. do that. SWBC and Dean Riddell have a way to get you a 5% interest rate. It's a great product, and it's 
Becky, you'll remember this. You know, it's called the two-one buy down. There's a three-two-one buy down. There's a one-one buy down. But to me, it's not great and beneficial for the reasons I believe. But the this product, as well as assumptions, remember the, the good old assumptions from the '80s and '90s. You know, I've been looking for some of those assumptions to purchase. Right, but but the but the assumptions in the two-one buy down were rampant products in the '80s and '90s. They went dormant for 30 years. Why? Because we never had the rate movement we had that we had in you know, the last 18 months. Right. So we'll we'll talk about the ins and outs of a two-one buy down. But yeah, you know, we've closed. I think eight in the last two months, two unbuy downs. And it's, you know, for the listeners out there, it's not something you can totally get your hands around without coming to sit down in the office. And I can show you on paper how it works, what goes on, because in my opinion, it truly is one of the mis- the most underutilized product in the market today. And it's because lenders do a poor job communicating it and agents don't always receive it. And well, so, sometimes agents don't understand right, it. Right, right. Uh, <clears throat> this is an old product. It is. It's been around for decades. It is. However, with the interest rates the way they are right now, it's become a very good vehicle to get your interest rates down. Now, the one thing that is uh, a little bit harder is that our prices of homes are not going down as fast right. as anybody expected them to. They're staying really steady. Right. Uh, but sellers, because there's so many more homes on the market, they've got competition. Right. Sometimes a seller is going to be willing to pay 3% of the cost of the mortgage right. in order for you to get that 5% interest rate for one year. Right. And then it goes to 6%. And then it goes to 7%, at which time, if the interest rate's 6 at that point, refinance. Right. I mean, that's and it's not an adjustable rate loan. You know, that's the, the, pu- the, the first pushback I get from clients is, is this an adjustable rate? No. And it's not. You, you painted the picture 5% year one, 6% year two, 7% for the remaining 28 years. The beauty behind it, and I'll, I'll get into the math here in a little bit, but it, what you're looking at is you and, and Mark and I hear, read, watch every day. People anticipate rates dropping within the next 12 months. So what there's the money that's held back is called a subsidy. And so should rates slip within the next 24 months and hopefully the next 12, there will be money left over in that subsidy account that you negotiated for your buyer Right. That sticks on their loan with us that they can utilize for their refinance when that when that time comes. It's sort of a an interest prepaid interest and it can be paid by the seller or the buyer. This has to be paid by seller or builder. Oh, okay. So the buyer buy cannot buy yeah. their own interest uh-uh. down. No, the, on can they get a gift letter? On temporary buy down, no, because okay. that's that's from them. So two two one buy down has to be paid by builder seller, or lender if there's any monies left over to, to contribute. Right. So but so you've got, if you have leftover, say the interest rates drop to 5.5% next end of next year, there's going to be that little escrow account of in, prepaid interest that right. they can use to, what if they move and they pay it off? Do That's they get okay. that back? Absolutely. 
That's this is the part of this when when Dean came in and talked to our team about this and really educate, made sure we knew exactly the two one buy down is that that prepaid interest amount is set to the side right. and it is always the buyer's money absolutely and they and they dip it out and so if something changes um, you know prior to that money being spent out on the on the interest that's being mm-hmm. paid. It's always the buyer's money. It's the buyer's no, money. No one, nothing ever changes right. that. Because when that point comes 12 months from now and rates fall to 5% and they've got $3,000 left over in that subsidy account, Mark, that's their that's their money to use for their refinance. Yeah. I mean, at that point, they can reduce their, their principal. They can do an interest rate buy-down, which is, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that too. Because I have clients that are doing both, buying their rate down to six and, six and three-quarter. Well, what does that mean? Four and three quarter, Becky. Right. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, you can do a permanent buy down and a temporary buy down. You can do both. Permanent can be bought bought down by the by the buyer. Okay. But the two on buy down has to be, has to come from seller and or builder. You kind of need to deal with a lender who knows all the nuances on this, right? And who's able to give you the facts so that you know it. And we'll be right back with more right here on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. If you want to join the conversation today, the number is 405-840-1000. That's 840-1000. Okay. We've, we're talking about how to get your interest rates down to four and three quarters or 5%, right? So Dean Riddell is uh, if, our favorite lender. I, I you find him that. on Becky's Favorites tab and on our website. And let's go through an example and use real numbers, okay, okay, as to how the interest rate changes the payments. Okay. Okay? You ready? We're ready. You good with numbers? I am actually really good <laughs> with numbers. Oh, my numbers. gosh. Okay, <laughs> hang on. i gotta, I got to stop. So if, if you don't know Becky, one of the things that just <laughs> blows my mind is her ability to remember numbers. Yeah. That's a gift. It, and a curse yeah. to her team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. Okay, we have to remember on a buy down, two one buy down. It is all the numbers are all driven off obviously the rate term, but the amount financed. So if Becky has a three hundred thousand dollar buyer and they're putting five percent down, the math starts with that loan amount of two eighty five. It's not three hundred thousand, it's two eighty five. And let's assume today's rate is seven percent. So the math computation starts by taking what is that principal and interest portion of their payment at 7% on a loan amount of 285. Compare that because you're reducing that that 7% rate 2%. So what is the principal and interest payment at 5% on a loan amount of 285? And you take that number, which is $366 a month, times 12. Second step, take that principal and interest that you started with at 7%, compare it to the 6% P&I number. So I'm not saying PMI, P&I, principal and principal interest. interest. Okay, compare that 7% to the 6% principal and interest. Take that spread times 12. It's $187 a month. Now you're going to add those 5% and 6% times 12 numbers, which is forty three hundred dollars, forty three, forty four hundred dollars on the five to seven, 
and then the the number is $2,200 from the 7% to the 6%. Combine that together, <clears throat> excuse me, that's $6,600. So Becky calls me and says, I've got a buyer. Uh, and, and this is where people sometimes, agents, get too deep on a contract and they don't need to. All they need is the seller to pay sixty-six forty-eight of buyer's closing costs and prepaids. Because when that day happens and it's accepted, I'm bringing the buyers in because their their options are still open. They can reduce their cash to close sixty six forty eight as typical closing costs and prepaids, or they can do a two one buy down, which will not shift their their out of pocket at closing. It is what it is. They're going to use that sixty six forty eight to do a two one buy down. Right. You so you me? buy down the interest. Two percent the first year. So what that tells you is payment one through twelve. That payment is based on a principal and interest that is three hundred and sixty-six dollars less, as compared to the current market of seven percent. And what is going on behind the scenes, system-wise? If you can picture a mortgage statement, it'll say mortgage balance, escrow balance, rate. Then it'll say subsidy balance. That 6648 is called a subsidy balance. So as Susie is making her payment every month to us. At I'm five, glad Susie's making my payment, by the and way. And I hope there's no Susie's on the air because I pick on Susie every time I do these classes. So um, as Susie's making that 5% payment to us every month, we're dipping into that 66. That 5% that, interest payment? Well, the, if when she's making that 5% or that payment to us every month, Based on that five percent P and I number, we're dipping into that sixty six forty eight, which is what you negotiated for, three hundred and sixty six dollars a month, payment one through twelve. So your subsidy or your reserve interest is reducing down is being reduced each month. And mark it down right now in twenty four months, that subsidy's gone. Okay. I mean, what it, it, what is a seven percent payment? The principal and interest is eighteen ninety six eleven. And if you went down to the five percent, what is it? Fifteen twenty nine ninety four. Uh, that creates that three hundred and sixty six dollar difference I was referring to. Okay, what if somebody, say a young professional, mm-hmm. enters the job market and they can't really qualify for that? 1896 house payment can they qualify on that lesser amount great question no they are qualified on that seven percent rate that's smart of the mortgage company totally agree that do you know back Uh a couple decades ago that wasn't the case right right. you qualified on the lower percentage rate okay and so that subsidy is moving every month downward we all, you know, we've talked about it. We've, we've read, we've seen, we've listened. Uh, everyone in the industry projects rates to get into the mid to upper fives this time next year. Well, if someone did a 2-1 buy-down and we closed it today and they made 12 payments come December of 24, mm-hmm. you can look right now. That balance in that subsidy account will be about $2,200. That is the buyer's money who now owns a home for the last 12 months, that is still their money to use as their vehicle for their refinance. And so what's the 6% interest rate? What's the principal and interest payment? 1708.72. 
Okay. Uh, well, that kind of makes sense to do that. For the short term and for what we anticipate is going to happen. It's just not a Band-Aid today, but it's also, if we didn't envision rates moving downward, I don't think it's the win-win. I mean, it's it's a part win. But to me, this leaves that option open down the road. When rates fall, there's their money to buy a rate down, principal reduction. We haven't talked about that, Becky. <clears throat> you, know, you can do a principal or a permanent buy-down and do a 2-1 buy-down on top of that. Right. I've got a question for you. Say there's a grandmother out there sort mm-hmm. of like me. Okay. Right? Maybe I've got about $6,600 that I'm able to give somebody right at like a grandchild okay. who's buying who's buying a house okay. um you could do the same thing privately as you could through the mortgage company get the mortgage from dean riddell right and then each month you write your grandchild a check for 366 no, because that temporary buy down has to be paid by that 66 has to be paid by the seller or the builder, it can't be paid by grandma, which is gift money, which is, in essence, buyer's money. But you can dole it out monthly if you wanted to as a private, really private, awesome like a, Christmas gift, like right? privately financed? Yes. Yeah. Well, but, or, or get the regular but, but, loan. But, but if it's through me, uh-huh. no, they can't because that 2-1 buy-down credit has to come from the seller, not grandma as gift money. Because if, if it's gift money involved, it's the in our eyes, it's buyer's money. It's not, it's not grandma's money. Well, it's not. But an informal buy down could be just giving the money each month to the grandkid to help make the payment. Well, yeah, I mean, on the, yeah, if you're doing something on the side, but in our world, it wouldn't be a two one buy down at that no, point. No, it would just be a regular yeah, loan. Be a regular loan. But I'm, what I was, am trying to do yeah. is to just kind of present. You can do some pretty creative things to get your kid into a loan, to right. get your child, your grandchild into a loan that is a good loan. Totally agree. And uh, so that way you kind of, am I thinking right on that? Yeah. I mean, on a private, yeah, on any loan, you could do that. You could still right. subsidize the, the grandson's payment with that 366 a month for the first 12 months, and you're helping him out that period of time but hopefully he'll refinance he's not going to reap any benefit of grandma's money when he refinances 12 months from now there there won't be a subsidy per se because and you've been gifting him but grandma still loves him and grandma's still, still gonna help yeah man you guys are making me sad that all my grandparents have passed away i've got no grandparents that's gonna be handing anything there's there's nothing with well, that. Well, if I help great kids with anything, it's going to be buying a house, right? <laughs> I agree. Hey, let me talk to the realtors who are listening to this. If What Dean Riddell is telling you is if you write one of these in paragraph 13 of our contract, you would just write in $6,648 goes towards prepaid and closing costs. It's not right. any more complicated than that when it comes to the contract. If, if it's cash, you can write that in paragraph 13. Otherwise, you stick that on that financial supplement. Right. And I had the question yesterday. Seller was paying $8,000. Let me and let's assume 6648 is the buy down. Okay. And, and she says, "So what happens when the you know with that difference between 6648 and 8,000 that goes to her normal closing costs and prepaids and is not part of the subsidy that I'm referring to?" Right. 
So if they pay in excess of sixty six forty eight, that point it's reducing your cash to close. Closing cost or buying that insurance policy that you need to buy right. up front. Right. There's a lot of cost right. involved in making a loan, but most of the time about half of the closing cost is your actual insurance policy you're right. paying in advance. So So I had a gentleman that called me, you know, poor guy. He he's building a home and has for three years. And so I said He's been building yes. for three years. So his, his loan amount seven fifty. And I said, we need to incorporate two hundred buy down into this. And that payment difference off a of seven fifty loan amount is eleven hundred dollars a month. Game changer. So when we come back, we're gonna be talking about how you may be able to get still get a three percent loan. Whoa. Is it out there? We'll be back with more in Oklahoma Real Estate on the move. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Mark Carr, team member of the Becky Ivins Real Estate team here with Becky Ivins and our special guest, SWBC money man, Dean Riddell. And it is time for our word of the day. Our word of the day is brought to you by Robbins Roofing, where their word every day is trust. You can trust Robbins Roofing from a small repair to a complete replacement. Give them a call at 405-728-3700. That's 728-3700. I love Robbins Roofing. They just put a new roof on our office, you know. They did. Yeah. did fantastic job. Yeah. Great. What's uh, our word of the day? Okay, our word of the day today is assumption. And what most folks don't realize is that you can still assume a 3% interest loan or a 2% Two point, interest loan. I mean, there's ones that were out there in, in the twos. Right. So we have a lot of military folks here in the metro. And as they get transferred out, they've got VA loans that can be assumed. FHA loans can be assumed. I don't think there's any conventional loans with assumptions. Are there being? You know, 95% of them, no. The other 5% will be those bank-held portfolio loans where they could do that. You know, yeah. they could make the decision. But you got to understand 95% of the loans, conventional, are owned by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And most bankers are pretty good at math, and yeah. <laughs> they're not going to want you to assume those 3% loans when they can give you a 6% loan or 7% loan. Now, are USDA loans assumable? They're in that FHA. They're family. in the FHA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and to de- define assumption, a loan assumption allows the buyer to purchase the home by taking over the seller's mortgage. Now, you can't do that without qualifying for it. Correct. Back in the day, we could do that. We I bought a lot of assumptions. $45 transfer fee, if you remember it. That was the oh number. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah. Well, it's more money for transfer fee now, too. Isn't it about 500 well, No, no you, you'll hear the 1% number most commonly oh, on really? an assumption fee from the servicers for, for to process that assumption. So 1% of the mortgage right, balance. Right. Uh, so if you've got a $300,000 loan, it's going to be $3,000 assumption exactly. fee, which 
if you were assuming a 4% loan, you'd be willing to do that, yeah. I think. Yep. And then you don't have a 30-year loan. You've got what's left on the loan, yep. which is would be typically a 3% would be about 27, 28 years yep. left on the loan. And, and Mark, you're right. I mean, there was... There are hundreds of loans we closed. Three and a quarter was like a magical number back in 20 and 21. But we did some 15-year loans at two and a quarter. Well, when you when you say assumption, three years ago, someone can jump in and assume that two and a quarter with 12 years left. Right. I mean, think about it. Yeah. That's, that's real. And we did the three and a quarters at 30-year term or two and three quarter. So that remaining term becomes the attractive piece and rate. Okay. So let's talk about assumptions for a minute. And most of the time, lenders don't want to talk about assumptions because they're not creating a loan. And you get paid when you create a new loan. But what I have learned about Dean Riddell over the years is that if there's an assumption out there, he's going to help you figure out how to get it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And – so you have to formally qualify. So who do you contact? How do you get the information about what loan amount it is, what interest rate it is, uh, what kind of escrow payments there are? Where do you get that information? It all starts with who the servicer of that loan is. So, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. So I had a client in June, past client, who needed to move into a different school district. I pre-approved the couple. They found a house that had a 3%, 27 years left. They, My buyers had the cash, which we need to talk about, Becky, because that cash is the critical component yeah. to the assumption, which in most cases makes it not happen. My buyers had the $100,000 cash difference between unpaid principal and what the current sales price was. But all that dialogue starts with the lender, the servicer. So let's roll that back. They're dealing with me. They want me to help them. I can't process that assumption. That assumption is not done with SWBC. Right. It's whoever the servicer of that loan is, which was an out-of-state lender, servicer. Uh, that And that started in June, July. And they went under contract end of July. So they came to me, and the question is, is guys, yes, it's a great deal. If you can get the servicer to respond, because that is the key component, to handle that assumption, this this will be a win-win for you. Okay? November, mid-November, the couple calls me and says, you're right, that servicer's response time they're not getting back to us because the average assumption may take about six months to process. Makes no sense, wow. guys, but that's the timeline the services are taking to process an assumption. So my, my buyers go under contract in July with the intent to do an assumption. Yes, I had pre-approved them early July. They, I said, you got to run the race to see if you can make it happen because they were not in a hurry. They were okay. So mid-November, early November, they call me and say, we're done, we're not getting response, this thing is not moving along at all, we need you to do our permanent financing. Hmm. So they went from getting pre-approved with me on a new loan 
to finding a home that had an incredible rate remaining term, ran out of gas on trying to get the assumption done, come back to us for us to finish it up. And, and that's the sad thing. Becky, roll, roll the clock back into the 80s and 90s. Oklahoma City had a ton of great mortgage companies in Oklahoma City that originated loans, service loans. I mean, think of the Harry Mortgage, the American Fidelity, I mean, American Mortgage, uh, Pool Mortgage, Oak Tree Mortgage, Midland still here. But when you had an assumption, you could pull into the parking lot, go face-to-face, navigate through what needs to be done on an assumption. But today you're dealing with Susie in Ohio. Who got her job last week. Right. It, you know, you know. I mean, let's talk about that. No, seriously, and that's the six-month mo- six problem I'm talking about because when assumptions took, when rates did their thing, no mortgage companies nationwide were prepared for the phone calls, had the knowledge, the talent to process assumptions. So first you had a staffing issue. So now right. you throw uh, 15 Susies at it. That they're employees, but they're clueless, being honest with you. Well, they're they're just working off a checklist, and they really don't uh, they they don't have the knowledge to work outside the box. Like they may not know how to calculate overtime debt ratio. Uh, and, and I use Carly and Ashley in my office. You know, they know when bank statements arrive. What am I looking at? Right, well, Susie in Ohio, who's been employed for two weeks. Right, she's being taught how to look at bank statements or tax returns. That's not their wheelhouse. And so assumptions are a good thing that the three of us need to understand and know, but I think we'll do very few because I think very few people will run the race for the six months to get them done. Right. And I'll tell you what, I'm not one to get political very much, but I will tell you that when you run into a government-backed loan where the lender is not responding Call your senator mm-hmm. and just say, hey, I've been waiting on assumption papers for over two weeks, and I'm told it may take six months. Right. Uh, would your liaison make a phone call to them and get right. that to me? Because they will. Right. So, and that's important. We want you to be able to take care of of getting the best rate on your loan. Best product, yeah. I mean, what, what fits your needs the best. Right. So – uh, being knowledgeable about that is important even when you don't make any money doing it. Right. I will tell you that what I do in our office is not so much a money-making thing. It is just providing the knowledge mm-hmm. base to be able to take advantage of uh, the different situations that different clients need right. to have the knowledge right. on. So I mean, we, we adopt that serve-first mentality. You know, if you take care of others, provide the knowledge and the expertise that you have, you know, God honors that, Becky, and blesses you in multiple ways by by providing that knowledge. What so, do we say when the phone rings in our office, Mark? Somebody needs help. Yeah. So we're, we're there gonna, to help. We're going to provide help no matter what that I, help I is. Right? So when we come back, Dean, I want to ask you, because this assuming a loan requires you have a little bit of a lump sum of money yeah. waiting for it. That's kind of the key hurdle. It is. And our apologies out there to all you named Susie. We'll be right back, right here on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. It is time for our smoking hot deal. Hot, hot, hot. 
Our Smoking Ideas brought to you by Casa Perico Mexican Grill, located on the south corner of 122nd and Penn on 63rd, just west of Meridian at 505 East Main Street in Yukon, and now right by Hefner in May, right off of just to the east of Lake Hefner on the northwest side, right on May. Well, and I ate there yesterday. I took some a client to go over their uh, inspection report, and I said, well, instead of just meeting somewhere, let's meet at Casa Barrico's <laughs> and we can eat lunch. And we did. And it was a great time. A pretty location. So Beautiful location. Yeah. Okay. Our smoking hot deal. Not anyone knows about the smoking hot deal except me. So I'm about to share it with you. <laughs> I have a duplex in Norman that is on Vicksburg Avenue, which is on the east side of Norman. And... uh just east of 12th Avenue, and it is a little over 1,600 square feet, two bed, one bath on each side, new appliances in the kitchen. Uh, There is off-street concrete parking, but there is no garage, and I'm going to sell it. I've owned it since, I think, 92, Uh, and so 175, it's not on the Malta list. If you're listening, if you're looking for an investment property, you've got to get about – that's why I bought it. I had a son going to OU and bought this, and I've used it as rental property since. And uh, so – If that rings a bell for you, you can give our office a call at 405-722-3232-722-3232. Okay, I will put that in multi-list, but I won't do it till Monday or Tuesday. So <laughs> – it's your chance to get in there early this weekend. Well, I mean, so. if you're looking for an investment property, that's a great, it has been a great investment property for us. We're just kind of consolidating a little closer to home since we moved to Edmond. So, <laughs> okay. So, so Dean Riddell, we're back to uh, assuming a loan. The big hurdle is you just don't take over someone's payments when you assume a loan. Right. You have to pay them for the equity that they have in the home. Right. Right, so you have to have a cash amount to pay out that mortgage. Am I, do I have that down, kind of? Absolutely. And so, you know, Becky touched on something earlier a while ago that I meant to kind of jump on was when you do an assumption, regardless, debt ratio is debt ratio, credit's credit. You got to qualify. You got to be employed. I mean, it's it's like you're getting a new loan when you are assuming that existing loan. Well, and let me kind of interject something there because. Uh, do you really have to be employed? You really don't. You just have to have income, right? Right. I mean, it, it depends upon what your source of income right. is. Right. And some people that have lived a long time have saved money and make money off their off in- their investments. Right. So you really can assume a loan. And this is what I find most people have the equity are the ones that have saved money and right. can assume those right. loans. So let's go. Let's go to Mark's picture. So, you have someone who has they owe two hundred thousand dollars on their existing mortgage. They're the seller. They have a rate of three and a quarter, twenty-seven years left. You list it. Sales price is three hundred thousand. They owe two hundred thousand. So that buyer is jumping in and assuming that two hundred thousand dollar debt mortgage. The question becomes, where's that? Where's that hundred thousand dollar difference between two and three hundred thousand coming from? Mm-hmm. Which can be cash. I mean, I think the three of us would say in the last three years, 
we saw more cash come out of the woodwork in Oklahoma than we ever thought we'd ever see. We didn't know we had so I, many was, lumpy yeah, mattresses, did we? That was most shocking. When, uh, when people ask me, like, what, what was so surprising during this kind of time where real estate, you know, has been just new, nobody really knew what was going to happen, that was the thing that shocked. I, I think our team the most was cash. cash. The amount of cash coming out, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, historically, I would always say no one in Oklahoma could do that, would do that. Yeah. But – as a result it's of there. what happened in 2021, yeah. here, here it comes. So that buyer has to have the cash to cover that difference between 200000 and 300000 That can come from cash from Grandma Becky. <laughs> I, I love my grandkids, but I do have 13 of them. So it, that 100000 would probably not come from. You just got to multiply it times 13. So that 100000 can come from Becky. Uh, they can do a 401k loan to narrow the gap. They can get a simultaneous second mortgage, Mark. They can get a second to cover part of that difference. But, you know, you got to remember when you do a second mortgage, typically you're capped at 80% of whatever that purchase price is. So 80% of 300 is 240. So that's going to cover $40,000 of the difference. Buyer still has to find that sixty. So does the gift have to come from a close family member? Yeah, family member. Okay, so here's all yeah. one of the things always. And how that, close? It, like it, so, uncle? Yeah, cousin. You're okay. You're okay. And that's getting so basically, more, if you can marry them, no. Right. If you can't marry them, yes. Is that yeah. it, 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 basically it's the it, Arkansas rule? Yeah. yeah. My apologies to all of you from Arkansas. Name Susie. <laughs> Name uh, Susie. So, uh, so yeah. So family member can gift. And that's getting okay. liberal. I mean, it, it, that's getting broader than it ever used to be. And sometimes an employer can gift. Yeah, if we can document it, why and how come. Yeah. Yeah. What, a, what do you mean why and how come? Like that it's it, not. Is it part of a bonus program? Is it part of a. Uh, or is it a loan? Or is it a loan? And so that's where you get That's what, right. It. But again, Susie in Ohio isn't going to be able to pick that up. Because it can be a private loan, it can. but you have to disclose that it's a private loan. And that, Is that correct? And the terms of that private loan fall into the debt ratio yeah. that Susie in Ohio is going to have to use to qualify to see if that buyer can. Because wow. if they do a second mortgage, there's a debt that rolls into that debt ratio too. You know, I had somebody one time put their equity purchase on a credit card and qualified. Because the payment on that credit card was, they still fell in the debt to income yeah. ratio, uh, and they knew they could pay it off soon and not pay that much interest. But it was quick, and they got a better buy on their purchase because it was quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seller needed out. I think when I teach a continued ed class on assumptions, I always will say this can be a good fit for the seller who's having a home built to be completed in May. And then you have a buyer come across who says, I'm in a lease agreement. My lease doesn't end until April, May, June. Mm-hmm. You know what? That could be – those guys may be willing to run the race to see if it's going to come together. But, Becky, you remember when short sales were short sales back in the 80s and 90s? I became an expert at short sales then. And, yes. so, and, and you would say, I need a response by Friday at 4 o'clock. Well, it may be the fourth Friday in next year before you would get a response to your offer. You were still showing buyers other homes 
because you never knew when you were going to get a response back right. on your offer. Right. And assumption is the same thing, guys. If you're going to do an assumption, Mark, if you have a buyer mm-hmm. who loves that house, you probably should still be showing them houses every weekend between now and whenever you get a response because it, it's going to take time. And, you know, when we throw out a term like short sale, mm-hmm. I feel obligated to kind of define that because <laughs> a lot of folks think that a short sale just means it doesn't take much right. time. right. Well, it's really when you sell your house short of what it takes to pay off the mortgage, and the lender has to approve that. And they do often approve that if there's a a circumstance to where that's the best deal for them, you know, the lender. So, uh, If you are in a situation with a house where there is someone that is in some office outside the state or that has no connection to that house, it will always take longer. It will always take longer. So if it is a foreclosure if it's a short sale there's someone in an office somewhere that it's on their bank sheet that you have to have a response from and when there's a lot of short sales they do get that two-week employee to gather all the documents that's only been there two weeks so that's (laughs) that's kind of hard uh okay we are going to have a little education in our uh, office on december 20th and it's going to be about an hour hour and 15 minutes it starts at about 9.30, and I want to invite five other realtors outside of our office to come and learn what Dean has to teach you about all this. It is going. It will be the best thing you've ever done as a realtor to get educated by Dean Riddell. If you want to look up Dean, go to DeanRiddellHomes.com or go to BeckyIvans.com. Click on Becky's Favorites. He's right at the top. DeanRiddellHomeLoans.com. Yep. Oh, there it is. And call us, 722-3232, right here in the metro, to uh, take up one of those five spots. Thanks for being with us here in Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. Jim Ivins, sing us out. And may all of your wishes come true. May each day in the month. 